Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. COVID and virus terminology. We're going to spend some time talking about the basic terminology we use here on Noise Filter when we talk about COVID-19 and other viruses. Hmm, Doc, you mean we're going to actually do some of my work, some health literacy stuff? <laughs> That's right. Go figure. Let's call it a refresher course. Okay. First, let's talk about viral load. Viral load is the level of virus particles present in your body at any point during the infection. The viral load with COVID-19 can reach its maximum right around the time the symptoms first begin to appear in the host. That's right. But not every case of COVID-19 will develop symptoms. Some cases are symptom-free. That's what we call an asymptomatic case. Once your body detects the virus, it launches a two-phase immune response. The first step is innate immunity. Let's say it again. Innate immunity. Think of this as a general response. It buys time for the body to create a more specific response. That's when the body goes into the second phase, the active immune response. At that point, hopefully, the body can launch a specifically targeted response to the virus. It's a good signal that your immune system is doing its job when this adaptive response cuts down your viral load. That's right. Doctors are exploring different treatment methods to support this active immune response. They often use antiviral therapies with COVID-19 patients after they've been infected with the virus, but before the viral load in their body peaks and symptoms begin. Now, remdesivir is an antiviral drug we've been hearing and seeing more about in the news. President Trump took it, actually, during his treatment for COVID-19. And another drug that has been mentioned has been the antibody treatment called Regeneron. But we're not sure how well these drugs work against COVID. And by no means should they be considered a cure for COVID without further research. Exactly. The next type of medications or treatment that might be administered are anti-immune treatments. These are administered after the immune response has begun in the body. Anti-immune treatments are designed to slow down a patient's immune response or dampen it if the response is too aggressive or potentially dangerous. That's right. Sometimes what happens is that when your immune system responds, sometimes it could go into over-response. Yeah, a, a, a fly with a cannon on a the wall. There you go. That's right. It's like trying to kill a fly with a cannon. In fact, dexamethasone is a steroid that actually dampens down that immune response very, very well, and it's been shown to reduce death rates in very ill-hospitalized patients. Mr. Trump's doctors gave him that drug too. But again, we want to stress that these treatments generally are used for very ill patients only, especially if they're showing excessive immune response. Dexamethasone would not be used for the average COVID-19 case, something that would be as an outpatient basis. Wait, Doc, can you say that one more time for the people in the back? Yes, absolutely. Dexamethasone would not be used for the average COVID-19 patient. In fact, no steroids should be used for the average COVID-19 patients, especially those that are in the outpatient setting. Yeah, folks, you can find much more about these terms and these treatments online. Search the New York Times for charting a COVID-19 immune response. Hope this helps. Differentiating between the flu and COVID-19. If you're feeling bad with symptoms that could be COVID-19, 
or maybe it could be the flu. How can you tell which one's bringing you down? So that's actually tricky for doctors to lock that down. The most common symptoms for COVID include high fever, dry cough, and fatigue. And we can say the same thing about flu too, but one telltale sign for COVID is our sense of smell. About 87% of COVID patients tend to lose their sense of smell. They can't register even the most pungent of smells. Less common symptoms include sore throat, congestion, vomiting, stomach pain, diarrhea, and sometimes itchy eyes and blisters. COVID can also lead to serious breathing difficulty, chest pains, confusion, loss of consciousness, and heart, lung, or brain damage. Typical symptoms of the flu include sore throats, stuffed sinuses, chest and back pain, and potentially pneumonia. That's right. You know, we're certainly worried about the rising cases of COVID and the flu as we go into the colder months. So here are a few things that you can do to boost your chances of staying healthy. For one thing, establish a relationship with a primary care physician yes. and look over your medical history. And also keep your vaccinations up to date. Yes. Folks, don't be afraid of the word vaccinations. Get your shots. <laughs> That's right. The CDC recommends that people get vaccinations or their shots for influenza and pneumonia. Not only do they have the added benefit of cutting down on flu and cases of pneumonia, they also decrease the risk of using up resources needed for COVID. That's right. If you know you have seasonal allergies, start medication or treatment before symptoms show up or as soon as they appear. That's also going to help you prevent or stop the inflammation. Now, allergies cause respiratory symptoms like cough and loss of smell as well, but generally they don't cause fever. But here's a good tip. Keep tools like thermometers handy to check for fevers. Familiarize yourself with online tools such as telehealth appointments and COVID or flu self-trackers. These can help you differentiate amongst symptoms. Of course, continue social distancing, yes. mask wearing, yes. and hand washing. That's right. Public hygiene is really important, especially as we move into indoor seasons and spaces. That's right. And listen to your body. Watch for those symptoms and know the red flags that might require you to go to an emergency room. We're talking about chest pains, change in consciousness, and signs of lack of oxygen. And finally, remember, breathe, check, step back. Don't panic, keep your spirits up, and please don't be afraid to act. And please don't be afraid to ask for help. Remember, we got this. That's right. Positive psychology and self-care. Lori Santos is in demand. What? No. She's a professor of psychology at Yale. Her course, The Science of Well-Being, has become the most popular course in Yale's history, and they're offering it for free right now. Santos is an expert in positive psychology. She offers great ideas for sustaining mental well-being in trying times. It's all about preventative medicine. Huh, don't we love it? <laughs> Data shows that maintaining social interaction is key to psychological self-help. Even a little interaction with acquaintances or even strangers can have a great impact on our mental well-being. Doc, remember what I said about the eye contact? That's right. Of course. Don't get creepy. I won't. Of course, that's not always easy in a socially distanced community. So psychologists recommend connecting with the tools that we have close at hand. Something as small as a quick thinking of you or remember this funny moment text can go a long way. Want to go bigger? Surprise a family member or friend with a nice mail order gift if you can afford it. But just expressing your love and gratitude for someone can have a strong and positive impact. It can. Now, another great tip is the RAIN approach. So what does that mean? RAIN stands for recognizing, accepting, investigating, and nurturing whatever negative emotions that you may be feeling. The idea here is that once you've done that processing, you can more easily find a way to channel those emotions into something positive. Listen, 
It's important to say nice things and do nice things for the people in your life, but it's also important to take care of you. It's not surprising that with social distancing and quarantining rules, physical activity is decreasing during a pandemic. But some seniors are breaking from the norm and getting extra active. That's right. Research indicates older people are taking their health very seriously in the pandemic. So a lot of them find fresh motivation for getting fit, getting checked, and getting moving. Yeah, I like that. Get moving. By the way, if you'd like to hear more from Lori Santos, she has a popular podcast called Happiness Lab. You can search for that on a podcast player near you. You know what makes me happy? What makes you happy? Doing this podcast. (laughs) You too, me too. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.